were pretty much averaging out on like, well, about 2,000 a month. We actually had our biggest sale, day of sales yesterday. At Founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on our way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're doing things a little differently. We're working with our own students in our community who are deep within the process of building our own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow who've stood where you are and are on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of our stories are about to share in this show. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. And with that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Molly here. I'm the community manager for Founder Magazine and welcome back to the series From Zero to Founder. Today I'm sitting down with Hayley Harper, who's one of our Start and Scale students, who has invented the brand Curious Crimes. She's gone from making zero to £2,000 per month on her murder mystery board game. It's such a great interview and I'm really excited, so let's just jump in. Hey Hayley, welcome. Why not start by introducing yourself? I'm Hayley. Um, I'm based in the UK and I'm the owner of Curious Crimes. Very exciting. And would you like to elaborate a little bit more about what exactly is Curious Crimes? So it's a uh, murder mystery puzzle game that arrives through your door. Um, you get a collection of so things like DNA tests, um, bits of evidence um, that you've got to sort of piece together and play lead detective on, really. I absolutely love this idea because I myself am a lover of everything true crime. So when your idea and your business popped up, I was like, I need to talk to you. Have you (laughs) always been into true crime? Is that something that kind of led you to discover this business idea? Um, Yeah, well, I've always really enjoyed problem solving. Um, Everything I've ever done is usually sort of based around problems, really, and the best solution for them. Um, And I really enjoy puzzles and riddles um I know well my favorite book's The Hobbit which has the famous riddle section in there um and yeah I just I I I think I just sort of I fell into it really it was an actual it was completely accident I I had um an escape room box um and I was so excited it was like a Sherlock based one and I thought oh it's gonna be like honestly I was like made up and then the and it was like the Christmas lockdown happened in the UK. So it all got cancelled. So, and I'm one of them people like, I'm like a dog with a bone, you know, I just sort of like, so I was like, oh, I really want to do one. So um, it was actually my other half and a friend that we were going to go and do it together. So I decided to sort of build one for them um, and sort of had a play about with it and yeah, the first the first version was awful, um, but um, um, but luckily my other half is very honest, um, too honest. But um, yeah, and then they really enjoyed playing it, so sent it to other friends, and they really liked it. And I thought, I think I've got something here a little bit, um, and I think just the timing was perfect, really, with you know just with how everything was going in the world and people were spending more time at home. And I think as well, it, there seemed to be sort of a, a movement at one point, sort of 
where people wanted to spend time together and have that quality time. And I'm sure you remember like the people doing quizzes and playing bingo together. And um, yeah, it sort of really monopolized on that really. And yeah, I just think it was a good fit at a great time really. I definitely agree with you. I know myself and especially everyone here at Founder, we got online, we did lots of trivia. I think that was something that definitely brought us together when we couldn't actually be physically together, which I think is really, really great. And what I love about your idea and your game in particular is, like you mentioned, it's problem solving, it's thinking, it's not just sitting down playing cards. To go back a little bit further, what were you doing prior to owning this business? Were you in an entrepreneurial world? Um, Yes, I've always sort of, I've always sort of dabbled in it like I well I first tried to start my my first company when I think I was eight <laughs> I think it was it was a company called Party um it was a personalized uh, birthday company um and I literally I sat for hours doing like business plans and tally charts and working out this that and the other and um and then as they brought it out <laughs> um so yeah it turns out I couldn't compete um and um and then, yeah, since then, I've always sort of done things on the side of like college and university, like whether it's um, like doing branding for people or helping with um, marketing, um, just to sort of, you know, just keep me busy, really. Um, and then I tried things like um, drop shipping and stuff like that. Um, it, like, I know some people are very successful off it. It personally didn't work for me. I, like the thought of owning my own brand and growing something um that's uniquely me um i just feel like there's a real sense of pride with it so and i, I did have a couple of online stores doing the dropship and it went okay but it was nothing nothing like um that would like stand the test of time type of thing um and then yeah then i started curious crimes and yeah, it just seems to be getting bigger and better really it's very exciting it is very exciting and I find that very interesting as you mentioned because there is almost like a movement happening with crime crime podcasts and everything kind of related to that and I think really you've jumped on the perfect time because I feel like since December in that lockdown where you had that kind of thought it's really kind of done very well for you. Walk me through the process of having that first sample that you sent to your friends and, you know, your significant other and the feedback that you got and how you kind of reiterated that idea. So it sort of started, I think, where I really struggled, like sort of piecing together the game and how it would work is I really wanted to get that puzzle solving aspect into it. And I know a lot of the games have... um, like narrative like other games on the market have like a narrative and it's very like immersive and narrative driven um but for me there was not a lot of like puzzle solving um so things like deciphering codes and um you know using logic and and doing that in like a sort of a unique way um so the first version of the game was um pretty much just a absolutely terrible printout um it was awful and I was like I I, I don't know I sort of had this odd vision in my head where I was like oh it's got to be on a6 cards and the printing was horrendous um and I put it on after well yeah my other half was like first of all my spelling was terrible (laughs) like none of it made sense like I think I think it all made sense in my head and then when somebody was actually playing it 
my other half is like, no, <laughs> that, that doesn't make a whiff of sense. Um, so I then um, took on all that feedback. And then I thought I'd simplified it, but I hadn't at this point. Um, and then when I then, I did um, like a pre-order type thing. And I thought, let's just sort of see what happens, um, see if it gets any sort of traction. Um, so I was like talking about it on like social media and not really doing much to be honest with you, but like I mainly did Facebook adverts, um, got some pre-orders and um, I did really, well, it, it did okay with pre-orders. I think we had like, I think I had something like a hundred orders in the first week and a half, two weeks, something like that. Um, and to me at the time I was like, wow, like, I'm so excited. Um, and then it came to actually sending them and it was horrendous like it was so bad like because I'd I decided that instead of outsourcing like my printing I thought you know what I'll just go and get a really good printer and I'll do it all here and and there was paper everywhere like everywhere and there was three nights consecutively where me and my other half were up till five six o'clock in the morning just packing these these um these games up um to send off and after you'd packaged the last one um my other half was like never again never again are we doing this like <laughs> this is the last time um so um I actually sort of left it that was before Christmas so I actually left it for a while um and then I found the I think it's because it wasn't really it wasn't really going where I wanted it to go. I didn't know the fundamentals. I sort of knew where I wanted to be, but not really how to get there. And then I found the Start and Scale course. Um, and I think I watched that in was it, January or February or something like that. And I realized all the things I've been doing wrong. <laughs> like instantly it was, um, you know, when it's sort of one of those like, right okay yeah no that makes more sense now like things like things you don't even consider like postage um I'd found a courier got it all tracked like that first pre-order bulk lot and I think I wiped out like the majority of my profits just on postage because I was I was sort of I think because I was doing it alone and everything was in my head and I think it sort of I didn't really have time to think things through and I was trying to, I basically, I rushed it to get it to market. Um, and then, yeah, I did the start and scale in, yeah, January, February. And they just really helped sort of like break it all down. Um, especially like the manufacturing process, how to like approach socials, like, and really understanding that brand side of things. Um, so yeah, we're only getting better. <laughs> like the, um, uh, latest game we've now made it more interactive and immersive so now you can text and email characters and um, my background is actually building websites at one point I've had many little mini backgrounds <laughs> the, um, and so now you can like search websites and find clues and stuff so 
yeah, it's, it's very exciting at the moment. It's incredible. And I definitely think you've had a lot of learnings and I'm sure a lot of people listening will definitely appreciate you sharing that because it can also seem like, yes, we'll pre-launch and we'll see how we go. But then when push comes to shove and you have all these orders, you think, how am I actually going to execute this? And it can become a deterrent sometimes, or you can push through it. And I'm so glad you did. And I'd love to hear more about the development phase in terms of when you realized, okay, I need someone to help me. How did you locate these manufacturers that really understood your vision and and what you wanted for your brand? So it was, so I stepped away from, I think I mentioned before, like I was, had it in my head about the ASICs cards and, you know, that's where I was going to put my stuff. And I realized that it could be a lot simpler and actually more realistic if I, for example, built out um, a DNA report. So I started working with um, a local graphic designer. Um, I like to think I'm a graphic designer and I'm not. Like as soon as you see an actual graphic designer, you are like, I understand. (laughs) And um, yes, I started working with him and he just, he just got it. Like I, I explained like, you know, what it's about and sort of the type and feel of what I'm going for. And yeah, he just, he just completely got it. Um, And then, with that, I could then simplify the manufacturing process. So it then became more about actual physical. It went almost from like a card game, card puzzle game to a real immersive crime game. Um, and it really did take that level up, really. And it's interesting how we got there because even though it's improved the game massively, we actually got there because of the issues with manufacturing. Um, and we were trying to simplify that and sort of save costs on that and things like that. And actually we made a better product by doing that, which was, you know, nice little silver lining. Um, and then I, I tend to work with um, like local suppliers. So just so if, you know, if anything goes wrong or I like, I'm, I am a control like I, I, I do need to have all my fingers and thighs. Like I'm, I'm not very good at relinquishing that. <laughs> um, so I tend to work with, um, so especially printing companies that are usually within, say, two and a half hours drive of where I am. Um, luckily in the UK, it's not that big, so <laughs> that gives you quite a good radius. Um, so just in case, like, like I've had it recently where we've just completely sold out and we've had back orders and. They can't deliver till Thursday, but I can pick up on Tuesday. So I'm like, right, let's get in the car. I'll take my dogs <laughs> and we'll have a little day trip out to the printers. Um, yeah, that, that's how I do it. Um, and I just find, I, I think for me personally, I think like working with companies who like have a conscious about the environment and things like that, that to me is really important. We are a paper-based company. And so, you know, we do like, plant a tree and make sure we don't use plastic and just little things like that and I I try and align them values to the manufacturers um so yeah that's how I how I go about picking them out really I think that's great and I love that you use people that are close to you if a for you know accessibility but also b to kind of help those people around you because 
as you mentioned earlier, it has been a bit of a crazy year with lockdowns and everything like that. And the UK was really going through it at one point. And um, I think that's really great that, you know, it's a two hour driveway, you can pack up, you can just go visit and everything like that. But you mentioned um, previously about your pre-order. What month was pre-order and how did you actually market your pre-order? You touched upon socials and things like that and Facebook ads. Yeah. Um, would you like to delve into that a little bit further? My background's sort of marketing. Like I, like I said, I've dabbled in quite a few things. I'm just a very curious person, so I, I'd like to learn. So I will usually research the hell out of something and try and learn it in and out. Um, so, I, so I started off with pre-orders and on Facebook adverts, um, just starting off like £5 a day, sort of like testing the waters. Um, and that I was just trying to sort of establish whether there was a market for it, really. Because I know sometimes in my head, I think, oh, that would be a brilliant idea. Then in you know, actual fact, other people are like, that's awful. <laughs> so I thought, just test it out. Let's see if that's what people actually want. Um, but there was a little bit of a presence on social, um, on things like Instagram and Facebook. Um, and then the main source of advertising was Facebook adverts. Um, I'm actually finding now, um, after the start and scale, um, moving more towards now Instagram, um, just because it's, it's like native video and it just looks especially with the adverts I do um it just works a lot better for me personally so yeah I think it's great that you've learned lots of these different creatives like Facebook ads and Instagram with the start and scale course as well how did you actually develop what you were going to post and how you're going to present your brand on social media like Instagram were you doing it all yourself because we do touch upon in the start and scale course, you know, consistency and things like that. And you mentioned you were doing it all alone. Was that almost yeah. overwhelming for you as well? One hundred percent. Like I'm, like like I said, I'm I'm I, I, oh, I'm a very busy person. I like to control things, and I think the hardest thing I did was about I think probably about two months ago now is I hired someone to do my social media, and I think for the first couple of weeks. I was a nightmare, <laughs> like one of them clients you hear about. Um, but I think I think once, especially because in the start and scale course, we talk about like the content, you know, the pillars and, you know, dividing it through like what your perfect customer is and things like that. And I sort of already had a plan of the kind of content I wanted to do. Um, and I had... a. I actually met her on, um, I think it was one of them consultancy platforms. It was like Upwork or one of them. Um, and I went through, you know, the history of curious crimes where I wanted to take it um, and sort of get across that like brand voice. Because um, I don't really like very, I'm, I'm not a very serious person anyway when it comes to socials. Like, because I'm actually not active on it at all, really. Um, it's very rare that I'm, I'm on it myself um and she just sort of just completely got it and I think she has that I think letting somebody else well for me anyway do that side of it I actually found after I got over the whole control thing that the pressure was completely off me like I I think when I was writing the posts I almost felt a little bit preachy or like a little bit like Oh, look at what I made. Do you know what I mean? Like, like a child run over with a crappy drawing to the mum. 
put it on the fridge. Like, I think I felt a little bit like that. Um, and then sort of relinquishing like all control over to her and seeing what she's done with it is actually is far better than what I could have done. Um, and she's still staying with those like content territories and things like that. And it, we're now getting like, we're seeing more engagement and um, we've on the back of that, we got approached by um, it's like a crime con UK that's now coming to UK. I think it's been mainly in America. So we're doing our first show um, this September, which I'm very excited about. A um, little bit disappointed that I can't go as a guest <laughs> um, because it honestly looks awesome. Um, but yeah, it's just sort of, the like the people who you meet and stuff like that just off the back of that and I, I don't think I realized how willing people are to help and how they want to help and like get them conversations going it's just it's honestly it's been phenomenal over the last couple of months it's, it really has been hey there Nathan Chan here see on publisher of founder magazine if you're enjoying from zero to founder and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more and how they built these companies. You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. What you just touched upon, networking is a massive thing, especially when you're a small business and you're trying to really reach those new audiences. And I think it's great that you've really adapted kind of that growth aspect on socials as well, but also this massive opportunity with CrimeCon. What sort of preparation goes into something like that? Do you have to have a certain amount of, of games ready? Do you have to get a booth ready? Talk me through kind of what, what you're thinking for September. I've, I've got this like vision in my head. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've we got um, our own stand. I think we're going to, um, we've currently got an order some rollout banners and things like that just to sort of, you know, sort of have a bit of a wave to people as they try and walk past. Um, and we can sell on the stand as well. So um we've got we're going to be taking the our first two cases and we've also got a um a mini game that's pretty much print and play so um we're gonna probably give that out to the um people who come and visit you know just a bit of a taster and then if they want to buy the game and things like that um and yeah i'm just excited to go and <laughs> have a look at all the stands really but it is, it's a lot more preparation than what I thought it would be, especially because I'm still, so I haven't yet found a fulfillment company. So I'm still doing it all in-house. Um, so packaging up the games is, it's, it has stayed quite a lot, quite a long time. I spent most of my morning doing it today. Um, so yeah, it's literally, we're just in prep mode at the moment, just trying to get everything ready and perfect for, um, for yeah, September. That's be exciting. very exciting, very exciting. And I can't wait to uh, hopefully get a little update from you about that because it's definitely something that I would love to attend personally. But I think, <laughs> you know, you mentioned how you've had the two cases, you've got mini games and you've really grown. Walk me through your first day of actually launching. So you've had your pre-sale. When was it and how did you feel? Um, so I think we launched, I think it was the 13th of December and it was just before Christmas. Um, and 
I think, I think because I'm, I think because I have a lot of ideas, like it's the running joke of like my friendship group, how, um, you know, I have all these business ideas and I'll chuck all my efforts into it and actually seeing one come to life and people interact and people are enjoying it. And it was honestly the most incredible feeling. Um, I'd never really had that before. It was always sort of, I think because I think a lot of people have a, a fear of failure, but I actually think I had a fear of success. I was so scared of if it did well, where do I go with that? What do I do with it? Like, and sometimes your mind goes off and wanders and you think like, Oh, what would happen if, what if, what if, and then when we were there and yeah, we were sending those orders out the door and the, I think it was Hermes man came, we live in a very small little area. So the Hermes man who we know very well, we gave him Christmas presents. Um, he was like, what are all of these? I was like, well, it's just my latest little venture. Um, it was just, everyone's just so supportive and um, yeah, turns out my mum's like my number one fan who posts and shares everything on social media. She's more active than I am. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just really nice just to see how many, first of all, how many people are like so proud of you and actually being able to feel that yourself and actually see this as like a real achievement. And um, I think the first time where um, I actually like felt that again when since like now we've got a second case and stuff like that I was actually at a birthday party a couple of weeks ago and I got chatting to somebody about you know my curious crimes and what we're doing and this um, girl who's just a friend of a friend was like do you have the circular logo like you have the are your adverts the red and black ones and I was like yeah and she was like hold on I've got this saved in my Instagram and like I was just like oh my god like that's me <laughs> like, and it was just it's just been the most like whirlwind of a journey but it's just so exciting it really is yeah it sounds incredible and I think you know you mentioning how you were scared of success and I think people listening to that you know it is a real thing you know you can be worried like I have this great idea but what happens if it does really well can I do this and I think that's something that you know, once you overcome it, you can just keep skyrocketing and keep doing great things, yeah. which is what we've seen with you and your company. And I would love if you could tell me in terms of revenue growth, how have you actually grown since your launch? That first set of pre-orders, um, I think we sold, I think totaling up just short of like 900 pounds, I think in the first, first month. I think it was, I think it was like, we're like 900 pounds for November and then December. Then that's when we all sent them all out for Christmas. And then we sort of just went on a bit of a hiatus where I didn't really know what to do. Um, but that was like, I think it started off with great profit margins on my Excel spreadsheets. And then I put in my like postage and how much I spent on adverts and this and the other. And we pretty much just broke even. Um, and then then I did the start and scale course, started again, just put the same game on as I had been selling before, um, but the slimmed down sort of nicely manufactured version. Um, and month on month, it's just growing at the moment. Um, like 
the I think the first I think we, I think we end up launching it. I think it was like the twenty eighth, well relaunching on the twenty eighth of March, um, and I think it was like the first month we said something like nine hundred pounds. Then we were up to like twelve hundred, and now we're pretty much averaging out on like just well about two thousand a month, um, and it's like it's only going up. Like um, we actually had our biggest sale day of sales yesterday, which is very exciting. Um, <laughs> um and yeah it's, it's just month on month at the moment it's just growing and I like they like said people are talking about it people are interacting with it and um yeah so and now I've actually sorted out my profit margins <laughs> I've, uh, I've actually sat down and done a full excel spreadsheet and I think at the moment like before I think I'm currently spending something like I think it's like five pounds per conversion on Facebook ads. Um, and then I think I spent something like, I think it's like 20 pound a day, something like that. Um, so at the moment, we're keeping like a rough profit margin of about 75%. So it's at the moment, I'm like reinvesting and, you know, like just trying to improve the games as much as I can. Um, you know, playing about with different materials and things like that for evidence and, I just want to create like a fully fun, immersive experience that people enjoy. So yeah, that's I the think, at the moment. Yeah, incredible. And I love that you're so passionate about it as well. And, you know, you're excited for what's next because that's just going to draw more and more people in. And I think, you know, as you mentioned, you sound, you're very humble because you've done such amazing, amazing things to go from 2000 to 2000 pounds a month is just incredible. And the fact that you're only growing and it's only been since March and we're only in what August now of 2021 is incredible. And I can't wait to see what other developments you bring. And in touching upon that, what is next for Curious Crimes? What other little iterations or mini games or cases do you have in mind? Um, so at the moment, I'm currently going through the process of launching on Amazon. Um, so I actually, um, I actually found this like little trick on TikTok or something. It was like this Chrome um, add-on thing that will show you how much um, each product makes on Amazon. And like, and I, I don't know why I even looked, but I just typed in like murder mystery on Amazon and thought, oh, let's have a look. And I was like, hold on a minute, there's a massive market here for it and I don't need to fulfill it. Like, you know, like I could hit things like, it for, for me, it's hard to get into, not hard to get into America. We did have things like, we did have sales over in America, like I posted to Canada. Um, but the shipping time for me, I like people to be able to order it and get it um, like fairly quickly because I know how impatient I am and I think, in a day where, you know, you order something in, in some cases it can arrive the same day. Like if I'm waiting more than three days, I'm just like, I'll just try and find something else with a shorter shipping time. Um, and being able to reach those markets um, will be very exciting. Um, so yeah, now we're um, currently looking at like things like product photographers. Um, and I try, again, try to do it myself first terrible at it I'm not a photographer um but yeah the um so we're currently working over that we've just got our like barcodes and it's all suddenly becoming very real which is it's so exciting um and yeah so hopefully in the next couple of months you'll see us on Amazon 
that's a very, very exciting venture and I can't wait to see you on Amazon. But in terms of actually growing and getting on Amazon, does that mean you're looking now at different uh, fulfillment centers and things like that? Because you mentioned earlier you are doing it all yourself. Is this something that's on your mind to kind of have a change soon? Yeah, I think so. I think um, I am actually still working full time at the moment. It's um, it sort of just happened that I'm actually on garden leave for for like two months and the thought of sitting at home doing absolutely nothing would drive me insane. Um, So um, I've been pouring a lot of effort into Curious Crimes and, you know, trying to get it to where I want it to be, especially like in the next, you know, six, 12 months. Yeah, so I actually approached a couple of fulfillment companies a couple of months ago when we first sort of started off and they I think they wanted like a couple of a hundred orders per month and sort of at the time we weren't really getting that um and I think again I I was looking like locally and trying to work it out price per unit and things like that um and at the moment it just made sort of more sense for me to technically not doing anything for the next two months sort of like just packaging up myself and it's actually quite therapeutic I really enjoy it um but I think once we move to Amazon, we'll be able to hit those numbers, especially if we, um, you know, even if I do the first couple of boxes, get them over there. All I need to do is get them consistent numbers and then I can move it to a fulfillment company who will be able to, you know, piece all the elements together and things like that, which will make things a lot easier for me. Um, and then I can dedicate more time into actually managing it instead of sort of building it (laughs) no I agree and I can definitely see um that would give you a lot more time even to kind of think of new cases think of new games because it sounds like quite a a process to even think about all the little elements that have to go into a mystery or a crime related game when backtracking a lot here but when you were first thinking about it how did you know what elements to bring in was it from those games that you've played like the Sherlock one and and all that or was it honestly just from learning on the go so I I I, but it's been my like lifelong mission I've always wanted to write a book like I like true crime books like The Silent Patient is like the best book ever um but the um I've always wanted to write a book I unfortunately have hardly any patience to and I'm I'm my own worst critic and I think when you're writing like it's just so easy just to absolutely tear yourself apart um but I actually took elements of that and I think it was just sort of another creative outlet for me. So like, I was like, right, well, I can't write the story. I don't have the patience for it or like the dedication to do it, but I can actually do a murder mystery game instead. And it's sort of the same, you know, it's problem solving, putting together puzzles, things like that. Um, and that just sort of really worked for me. Um, and I've got a odd imagination anyway. Um, and I think the first, the first game was, especially the first, first version, the, uh, pre-draft version, like I said, for it didn't make a lot of sense. Things didn't link up. And so I ended up having to, um, download like a, a flow chart thing and, 
having to and by the end of it it was terrifying like how many like little links are there and but you have to think of um especially for the second case because that was the one that involved like I had to build websites I had to set up like automated emails and then custom emails depending on text and it just took a lot of research and um things like that just to sort of get it moving and getting it all to link in and not spoil it too early and um things like that and yeah it was so I think that's just my process I think that's just my the way my little brain works um and I just enjoy it and plus like like I'm a massive fan of true crime anyway like (laughs) There's so. definitely a big, big um, audience for true crime. Like I mentioned earlier, I am a lover of true crime. And I think it's really great that you've brought more of those interactive elements in to kind of immerse people more and more because that's also like your point of difference. In all these other mm-hmm. games, it might not have the the text messaging or the emailing. Is that something that you're going to continue as you grow to become more and more immersive in that experience? I think my, my the first idea I had was sort of like the paper-based one was just sort of get people away from screens and you know getting them talking again and like I think especially like I I know the way like I am with my friends when we're like we're together we're together and you know we don't look at our phones we don't we just sort of we just enjoy each other's company and I think doing something like this um I know like my um like my mum's played <laughs> like with her friends and she's like oh it actually does get you talking and actually enjoying each other's company again it's not just um you know like small talk until you've had your cup of tea and go home um it's and I think at first I thought that the the interactive one would sort of supersede it but I actually think that I'd probably carry on with one of each so like as in so for every interactive case I bring out I'll probably bring out a paper case a paper-based one because I think it interests different people. Like my my preference would always be the immersive ones. Um, I've um, signed up to like the murder mystery subscription boxes and things like that. Um, I didn't really want to do a subscription based one because I'm just wanting to do one thing and know what happened and not have to sign up for I think it's like six months or whatever it is. Um, but some people prefer the paper-based, um, and actually finding like the, like, like, I've got a lot of people of like an older generation who love the case, uh, the paper-based one. And then, um, more people within, you know, like 18 to 35 love the interactive one. So it's, I think I'd probably carry on doing both in a way, um, but just keep, I think with the paper-based one, I think I've learned a lot about how to make it more immersive, um, even removing those like technical elements. So I think I'd probably just carry on doing that and just, yeah. I think think that's the way I'm probably going to go with it. Yeah, I think it's great because you have, like you just mentioned, you suit a big demographic and a big age group, which is really, really great great from going immersive in the paper-based. And working towards wrapping up, because this has been such a great conversation, where do you see Curious Crimes going in terms of sales, in terms of revenue goals in the next six to 12 months? Do you have any big picture goals, whether that's including Amazon or on your own website? So I'd, I'd like to, within the next six, 12 months, 
um, go full time on curious crimes. Um, I, I think, especially looking at what other companies are doing, um, like there's a company over in um, America um, called Hunter Killer that's fantastic, by the way. Um, they are really good. Um, I think they like last turned over last year. We think they turned over fifty million. So I think where we are at the moment, we're like little little baby crime stoppers. Um, but I think I think honestly, I think at the moment it's just so exciting because the sky is literally the limit. I think especially like I said, expanding on them as the platforms and hitting a wider like geographical um map i think i just think yeah i think that's what i know offense i mean i i love what i do anyway i i i love i love curious crimes and um i think i i, I enjoy people playing it and letting me know how they got on and everything else and i think even if we just had a fraction of that you know that murder mystery game pie then we'd be happy um but yeah it's it yeah i honestly i i don't know where it could go but it's very exciting i'm very excited for you and as you mentioned you know the sky's the limit which i absolutely love and i think having that open mind is is really going to push you as well and i've definitely heard of hunter killer i've heard them between podcast ads and things like that so the fact that you know you could be one of the highest competitors one day or hopefully soon who knows it could just take off and Wrapping up towards my last question and probably my favorite question I love asking people that I have on uh, this podcast is if there's anyone listening to this and they're in the position where they want to pursue, it, whether it's an interactive game or a different business and really develop their own brand, what advice would you give to them? I think just stay completely authentic to yourself. I think it's like, you know, I've, I've tried pushing things like I tried selling baby clothes I don't have any children I tried you know I've tried sportswear I think I've been to a gym about three times in my life like just stay completely true to you like and I think when you find that perfect sort of like synergy between what you actually enjoy doing and you know and actually because it will make you want to get up in the morning it'll be you know it'll be that you'll get into bed and you'll be like, you'll have a spark of an idea and be like, oh no, I need to get up. I need to get up. Like I need to write that down. And I think honestly, I think curiosity is the best thing you could ever have. Um, And I think having, you know, just going out and just, you know, researching, have a look at what, what other, what companies are out there and um, what are they doing? Like you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Like I, I'm, you know, I'm not doing anything particularly special or different, but we're finding our voice and we're trying to build something that people love and people enjoy. And that for me is the most important thing. Um, and yeah, stay, yeah, stay true to yourself really. And yeah, go from there. I love that advice. And I definitely think a lot of people will adopt that advice. And honestly, I want to thank you, Hayley, for sitting down and talking with me today. I've learned a lot and I will definitely be purchasing your game because I'm very excited and I can't wait to see you at CrimeCon and follow along with the rest of your journey. And hopefully we can catch up again soon. Uh, But yeah, thank you so much. And I'm very excited to see where you'll go. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. 
If you want access to the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com slash course training or follow the link in the show notes.